and along with my husband, we are the lead pastors here at Elam Christian Centre in Pukekohe, and it is an absolute privilege to have you with us this morning. I want to encourage you to sit back and relax, eat your crunchy bar during the service. You can even give your crunchy wrapper to the person next to you. I'm sure they won't mind. But it is great to have you with us this morning. Well, today is part two of our new series, Into the New. Into the new. The aim of this series is to, to encourage and empower each of us to not go back to what was normal, but instead to shift into and keep moving forward into all that God has for us and what He has planned and His incredible purposes in our life. I'm going to start off by praying this morning. So won't you, why don't you join me? Father God, Lord, we welcome you in this place this morning. We love your presence. We love your wisdom. We love how you unpack things and you speak directly to us. Lord God, Lord, we give you this place this morning, this whole building, Lord God, our kiddies and everybody that's here. Lord God, I pray that you visit with us um, and you speak something fresh and new to us. Lord God, I pray less of me, more of you. Lord God, I pray that as I speak, what you want every one of us individually to hear will rise to the top in Jesus' precious name. Amen, amen. Now, the reality is in this very room that we're all on a journey, aren't we? We're all at different places in our walk with God because the truth is some of you might be here for the very first time, like ever, like in church. Well done, well done, especially on a wet day. Well done to you. Some of you may be still figuring out who this Jesus actually is. And yet others of us have walked quite a long journey with Jesus for a long time. But the thing is that we are all at different stages. And right from the start, I want to say that wherever you are on this journey, God always has more for you. There's always another step that God has for you that's going to draw you closer to Him, that's going to draw you closer to His love, His embrace, and His plans and purposes for your life. But this morning, I want to center this message on a next step, because we're talking about stepping into the new, and I want to talk this morning about one of those steps, and that step this morning is water baptism, water baptism. I want to talk about what it is to publicly stand up for Jesus, because water baptism is a big topic, but I want to talk about what it is to stand up for Him and follow in His incredible example. You, need, you see, next Sunday at 10.45 over in this corner, we're going to have our first baptism service in this building. Like, we've, that is awesome. We've had, some out, we've had some outside, and that's cool. But we're going to have one, and we're going to all get to enjoy it at our second service next Sunday here in the building, once we work the plumbing out. <laughs> but it's going to be super exciting. We are looking forward to clapping and cheering people on that take this significant step in their journey with Jesus as they publicly declare their love for him. Now, on the 12th of November in 1994, I publicly declared my love for this one. So this year in November, we would have been married 26 years. 26 years! And because I have the microphone this morning, you get to hear how this love story actually began. Because I got the mic, so it's good. Well, Daryl and I, we met in church. We met in an Elam church. How original is that? 
We met in an Elam church at youth group. I used to be a Baptist. I used to go to the Baptist church, but the Elam church youth group looked better. So I shifted over to that one. Anyway, that's where we met. And after about two years, I was smitten. This was the man for me. This was absolutely the man for me, and I knew that this guy was who I was going to marry. But unfortunately, Daryl was a little slower on getting the VIP memo that there was a very important person right here. And he was instead waiting for the writing in the sky, D&D forever, to love one another. You know, they used to carve it in the tree, didn't they? You're growing up. Eventually, the memo arrived, and we started talking and dreaming about our lives together and what that would look like. And I thought, oh, this is it. This, this is it. This is it. This is exciting as us girls do. And then the day came and we went shopping together for a ring. I was like, oh, it's going to be tonight or it's going to be tomorrow. <sighs> no, no. We shopped for a ring and then the ring went in a drawer. This is punishment, I tell you. Don't do this. If you don't do this. Anyway, it went in a drawer, and Daryl used to flat with his brother and a couple of other guys. And I would go around to their house, and when they were outside looking at cars or doing whatever, I would sneak into the room, and I would open the drawer, <laughs> and I'd put the ring on, and I'm like, so good. And then and when I heard a noise, I'd put it back in the box and back in the drawer and just like pretend I was going to the toilet or something. But I would try that on and off over quite a period of time. I thought, oh, I don't know what's going on here. And then, then I thought, oh, this is going to be it. You see, because we went for dinner to my parents' place. And Daryl asked my dad what he thought about us getting married, which was no easy. That's another whole story in itself that night, I tell you. Because I'm an only girl. My dad's a policeman. And he was going to have fun with that, and he did. But that's another day. That's another day. And I thought, oh, he's asked dad. Now, now we're going to get engaged. No. Five months after shopping for that ring, he finally proposed. Five months. What's with that? Five months I had to wait. But then we were officially engaged and it was super exciting. And for all of you that have been engaged before, you know exactly what that season in your life is like. You want people to, you want everybody to know you're getting married. And you girls, you like flashing your ring around. You want everybody to see that ring because you want everyone to know that you're engaged and that you're going to get married. Let's just imagine for a moment if we were that excited to tell the world that we said yes to God, that we had said yes to salvation, that we had said yes not to this earthly life with him but an eternal life with him. You see, water baptism is like the wedding rings to your salvation. When we take that next step and we get baptized, it's physically, emotionally, and spiritually outwardly declaring to everybody in our world the commitment we made to God on the day of our salvation. Don't misunderstand me that with or without baptism, your salvation absolutely stands 100%. But just like Daryl wanted me to wear a ring so that the world knew that I was his, and I want him to wear a ring to show the world that I'm his and he's mine, that's exactly what baptism is like as well. 
But in order for us to fully understand water baptism, why don't we look at the Bible? Because that's a great place to find the truth, isn't it? So this morning, I want to encourage you to pull out your Bible. Um, Maybe if you don't bring your Bible to church, can I encourage you to bring your Bible along? Because it's a great way to get familiar with the Word of God. You can use your ECC app, the Elan Christian Center app. The notes are on there as well. And these um, verses are going to be up on the big screen as well. But I want to give you three things this morning. Three reasons why we should get water baptized. And the first one is we want to follow the example of Christ. We get water baptized to follow the example set by Christ. In Mark 1.9, we read, At this time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. The moment he came out of the water, he saw the sky split open and God's Spirit, looking like a dove, came down on him. And along with the Spirit, a voice said, You are my son, chosen and marked by my love, pride of my life. You see, the Bible tells us that Jesus was baptized. Now, if there was anyone that didn't need to get baptized, it was Jesus, but he did. He got baptized. He was perfect. He wasn't a sinner, but he humbled himself in obedience to identify with you and me. You see, Jesus modeled the way for us, and if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for us. But Jesus not only modeled the way, he also commanded us to be baptized. He also commanded us to be baptized. We read in Matthew 28, 19, it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything, not just some things, but obey everything that I have commanded you. Now, nowadays, we definitely overthink certain things, don't we? And to be honest, I think a lot of people overthink baptism, yet the Bible clearly tells us to be baptized. In Peter's day, the believers asked him a simple question. In Acts 2, it says, they said, so now what do we do? And Peter said, change your life. He said, turn to God and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus, so that your sins are forgiven. They asked him, what do we do? And Peter said, be baptized. And you know what? They didn't say, um, let me think about that for a little while. They didn't say, oh, look, I just don't think it's the right time at the moment. Or I think I need to pray about that. That's not what they said. You see, maybe you're here this morning and you have had some of those thoughts as well. And I wonder if this is how your conversation with God might actually go. God, should I be baptized? Do you love me? Well, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Well, do you declare that I am the Lord and the Savior of your life? Yes, of course. Well, what about do you plan to keep me as Lord and Savior of your life? Well, yes, Lord, what sort of question is that? Well, then repent and be baptized. But God, I'm waiting for the right moment. The right moment? Yeah, you know, when, when I get all the warm feels and fuzzies and the moment when the lights just hit me and I hear your voice and it says, Denise, 
you are now good enough to be baptized. Denise, I love you and you are enough. Just come as you are and let me work on the rest. But God, what if I mess up again after I'm baptized? You know, I can tell you 100% you will mess up after you've been baptized, just like we do in every single relationship. Parenthood, marriage, friendships. But you know what? Baptism waters don't make you perfect. They don't make you perfect. But metaphorically and symbolically, you are washed away of your old life. Your old life's gone when you are baptized and you're made new in his image. And you're saying in that moment to the world around you that you're committed to giving God your absolute best. That's what baptism is. You see, when we, when we model our lives after Jesus and when we follow his commands, then it shows the world that we truly are his believers. And that's my third point this morning. You see, a few years ago, I lost my engagement ring and my wedding ring. I had an appointment in town. I had parked the car. I took my rings off, put them on my lap, put some hand cream on, and then jumped out of the car and went to my appointment. Later that night, I suddenly realized that my rings were missing. And it dawned on me that they were in the car park, back at Botany. It was dark, but I said to Daryl, we've got to go back and look for them. So we got in the car, we went straight back, and thankfully they were right there where we had left them. But they were badly damaged. Several cars had clearly gone backwards and forwards over them in the course of the day. Needless to say, I had to go without my rings for a few months. And I tell you that story because of this. Because I didn't have my wedding rings for the next few months of our marriage, does that mean I was no longer married? Of course not. You see, we said our I do's on the 12th of November in 1994. Baptism is like our wedding rings. It's the outward symbol of the commitment we made in our heart to each other. A commitment that has followed through and has to be lived out on a daily basis. In Romans 6, 4, it says, that's what baptism into the, new, into the life of Jesus means. We are lowered into the water. It is like the burial of Jesus. When we were raised up out of the water, it is like the resurrection of Jesus. So why water and why immersion? You see, Jesus was baptized. But how was he baptized? Because this is important, right? Because so many churches, they differ in this very matter. And some denominations of faith believe that you can be baptized by just sprinkling of water. But do you know what baptism actually represents? It represents death, burial, and resurrection. That's what it represents. Can I ask you this? Do you bury somebody by sprinkling dirt on their face? No. You fully immerse that body in the ground, don't you? And baptize comes from the Greek word baptizo, which actually means to immerse, to submerge, to wash or make clean and to overwhelm. You see, Jesus himself was fully immersed underneath the water in baptism. And when we are fully immersed underneath the water, we're joining with Christ in his, 
in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Colossians 2.12 says, For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to a new life because you trusted in the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Not only does baptism publicly show our commitment to Christ, it also symbolically shows that we're laying down our past life. Also, I just want to clarify this morning, often there's misunderstanding and differing opinions too between denominations of faith on baptism. Because I can tell you this morning that there was no recorded infant baptism in the Bible ever. Some churches believe they can baptize infants via the sprinkling and pouring method. But water baptism is a person who is fully understanding and fully chosen what it represents. And as an infant, as a little bubby, there is no possible way that they can understand that and what baptism is or what it represents. And here at Elam, we believe in the power of prayer. And so we have child dedications because that is simply what it is. Parents deciding to raise their children with Christian values, that when the child grows up to an age of understanding, they themselves can make a choice and a decision about baptism. And next Sunday, we've got baptism service in our second service, but in our first one, we've got child dedications. So if you've got a little one or you've got a child that you would love to get dedicated, we would love to do that with you. We can consider that an absolute privilege. It's a really special time when families and friends can come together and stand as we dedicate children to the Lord. It's a really special time. And in my last few minutes, I just want to address a few common questions. Because baptism can be complicated for some people. Some of the common queries and thoughts and questions that we get, and one of them is, if I was baptized as a baby, then I don't need to do it again, right? Like we just covered, if you were baptized as a baby, that wasn't your decision as an adult or that of an age of understanding to be committed to Jesus for the rest of your days. One of the other things is, do I need to get my life sorted before I get baptized? Answer, do you clean yourself before you get in the shower? You see, God recognizes that you've got sin in your life. Just like all of us, and that's why he asks us to repent and be baptized and turn away from those ways. Getting baptized doesn't mean we have it all together. Absolutely not. But it shows that we're committed to standing with the one who does. One of the other common things is, do I have to be baptized in a church in front of loads of people. First of all, no, you don't have to be baptized in a church. I was as a teenager, but my girls, our three daughters, were baptized in the River Jordan in Israel. And my nana, my 90-year-old nana, was baptized in the Tongariro River at the base of Mount Rupehu. So no, you do not have to be baptized in a church building. But let me ask you this, why not get baptized in church? Because we're here to celebrate with you. This is a moment of publicly declaring. So doing it publicly actually completely makes sense. 
Also, your public declaration when you do that inspires those around you. And God asks us to let our light shine, not hide away. One of the other common things is that people want to wait till their family can all be here and they put it off until family can be here. And that's awesome that you want all your family to be here to witness your baptism. But if I'd waited for all of my family, it, I'd be still waiting to get them all in one place at one time. You see, our church is filled with people those that have lived here forever and those that have made New Zealand their home with families scattered all over the place. And it's not always possible to have your family with you. But you know what? Your church family is here and we record and we video everything to do with your baptism. And we can share photos with them. You can share videos with them so they don't miss out. My final common question is, I've been a Christian for years, and everybody knows that I'm a Christian, so does it really matter if I now get baptized? You see, the reason I wear these wedding rings is not simply because they're shiny and they're pretty and they're thing to do and they're tradition when you're married, but I wear this because it honors and respects the relationship that Daryl and I have. And even if you've been a Christian for absolute decades, Putting the ring on your salvation not only will honor God, but it also pleases Him. Why? Because you're obeying His command of go and be baptized. If the band can come up, that would be great. In just a moment, I want to give you an opportunity to make this decision for yourself. An opportunity for all those that have never publicly declared their faith and gone through the waters of baptism. It's an incredibly special time. Also an opportunity for those who were dedicated as children, but now you want to make that decision for yourself as an adult and have an age of understanding. And maybe for all of those too, you're here today and you have been a Christian for a very long time, but you have never been baptized. Like I said, next Sunday, we're going to have a baptism service here. It's going to be a huge celebration. And you have the opportunity to join countless others in taking this next step. Stepping into the new, stepping closer, opening more of your relationship to Jesus. And I wanna invite you this morning to make that decision. I wanna tell, but before I do that, I wanna tell you about a man named Stephen. Stephen was a man in the Bible who was described as being full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. And you see, he was appointed by the 12 disciples as a servant of God to help deliver food to the poor. Man of incredible faith. One day, Stephen got, when he was out doing his errands, he got into a debate. He got into an argument with some men. And it says in Acts 6.10 that these men, He's having a debate and they could not stand up against the wisdom that the Holy Spirit gave to Stephen as he spoke. So they became really angry and they made up lies and false accusations against him and they brought him before the high court, the council. And the crowd became angry as he continued to speak through the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And they decided to stone him. They were so mad. 
Acts 7, 55, it says, but Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and he saw the glory of God. And get this, and he saw Jesus standing in the place of honour at God's right hand. And he told them, look, I see the heavens are open and the Son of Man, he's standing in the place of honour at God's right hand. You know, this is fascinating because throughout Scripture, we read that Jesus sat at the right hand of God. But in this moment, He was standing. Why? I think He stood because He loved Stephen. And He loved the way that Stephen spoke and acted out of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I think he stood out of honour for the man who was willing to be stoned for what he believed. That's why I reckon he was standing. You see, Jesus stands up for us when we stand up for him. And Jesus honours us when we honour him. So church, today I want to ask you if you are ready to publicly declare your faith, your commitment and your love, and go through the waters of baptism. I'm gonna ask you to stand up in a minute. Would you say, I've decided to follow Jesus and stand up for the one who's standing up for you? You see, we don't normally do it like this, but today, we really feel like the Holy Spirit is saying we need to stand up for Him. We need to take a step a new step forward and stand up for Him. So I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I want you to stand to your feet if you want to say yes to following Him in baptism. And when you stand, we as a church family are going to celebrate with you, aren't we? We're going to celebrate with you. We want your faith to inspire those around you and we want your willingness to stand up for Jesus, to inspire your parents, your children, your colleagues, your neighbours. So if you're ready to make that decision and be baptised, I'm going to invite you to stand and we're going to clap and we're going to cheer. So one, two, three. Come on, stand up to 